Welcome back to the TLC podcast with me, Venus Libido. And me, Natalie Byrne. This week we are joined by our good friend B Duncan. And B Duncan is a podcast producer for Broccoli Content. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. And Sony Music UK. So earlier this year, B presented and produced the podcast, the Money 101 podcast, which you can find on BBC Sounds. It's a down-to-earth and informative podcast about money. Um, It really does clear up the confusion around money, covering topics like student loans, savings and renting. We are so excited to have our friend B on the podcast to talk about money. And fun Mm. fact, I wrote on my notes, additionally, B's favourite party song is Groove in the Heart, (laughs) (laughs) which is also my (laughs) favourite. I was about to say, how did you know that? And then I remembered that we have danced to it before. <laughs> it is indeed. Also my go-to karaoke song. It's very hard to do oh. on karaoke. but I feel like you might have said that to me um, last time we talked about that when we had a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> so you... B, how have you been? Like, how have you been the last couple of months? How have you been coping? Tell us everything. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, I've been okay, you know. I feel like... In the grand scheme of pandemic lockdown lives, um, I've had a relatively smooth time. Um, My only kind of major thing that I did was I moved midway through lockdown, which was a really stupid idea, but (laughs) intense. Uh, But it also meant I had a bit of a change of scenery, which is nice. Um, But I have also been very fortunate to be working still throughout lockdown um, and to have kept my job throughout lockdown. So it definitely has been good in that sense because I've had something to channel my energy into and I haven't had to worry about that side of things. Um, and yeah, so it's it's been okay, but you know, obviously in the, in the grand scheme of things, relatively, it's been fine. <laughs> That's good to hear. Good to hear that you're doing good. Um, how, how was the move? Because I was meant to move and I just, that's, I just want to know what that was like. Yeah, it was it was intense because obviously you're doing the house viewings and you're having to go in with all your little masks and you can only go in one at a time. And um, it was definitely stressful in that sense. And as well, we managed to get somewhere with some outdoor space, which, you know, after the lockdown, that's all anybody wanted. Um, so it definitely was kind of really um, like a rush to get the properties when people started doing viewings again um but we were very fortunate it's uh it's we managed to get quite a nice place so thank god because the the move was stressful as well you know um trying to like swap households (laughs) Mm. yeah that must have been really stressful do you are you living did you move from london into london still like where where, what was your situation no (laughs) It made it a lot easier because I was fully moving down the road. I moved pretty much 10 minutes away from where I was before. So that definitely made things easier um, Mm. and helped with everything. Uh, But yeah, I feel like it would have been a lot more stressful if I was even trying to go across London. um, That definitely would have been hard. Whereas I could just walk stuff down, which was nice. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, I've definitely moved down the road once before and it was so easy to just walk stuff down the road (laughs) Um, so I have been listening to your podcast during lockdown been thinking a lot about money during lockdown um, and I know Venus has too could you tell us a little bit about um, the podcast and how you made it and how it came about yeah of course so it's called money 101 and the basic idea behind it was to try and find, try and create something which was a place for people to go for financial education, which you don't get, um, you know, from school or often you don't get it when you're growing up. Um, a lot of people's first experiences dealing with finances are when they're fully having to do it. So they're learning as they go along, which is stressful. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that the, the classic places you can go to learn about money are not for them and it's confusing there's too much jargon the people don't sound like them they don't feel find it relatable um and i know especially me i would often feel quite condescended or talked down to and i'd feel stupid because i didn't understand um and so that's where we were coming from when trying to make money 101 because i'm not 
a financial expert in any way. I don't have a degree in it. I don't, I'm not a financial advisor. I actually, I'm, I actually have dyscalculia. So I like really struggle with money, with numbers, with all those concepts. And so the idea was that I would be learning as I go along and I would be asking the questions to these experts, which usually people don't want to ask because maybe they're too embarrassed or they feel like they'll look, they'll look stupid. So it was really just a 101, the most basic guide to all of these financial concepts and to try and really demystify. But also there was another strand throughout the whole show, which we were really trying to get people to start thinking about their emotional connection with money and their, I guess, the way that they feel about it because of how they were raised or because of something that may have, might have happened through their life, um, which gives them a different way of thinking about money because money and finances are so personal and they're so emotive and everyone has got a different way of viewing them, but we don't really talk about that very much, I think. And the mental health aspect of it is so important and so vital. And yeah, it's one of the few kind of parts of life that we just don't want to speak about and want to brush under the carpet. So we've got 18 episodes. Each one takes on a different aspect of money. So saving, investing, renting, and basically just trying to break down every single concept within those topics as simply as possible. Um, And so I talked to some experts, obviously it's not just me. um, And yeah, basically that, that's the whole purpose. That's well, that's what we hope would happen with it. Me and Natalie can totally relate to the emotional side of money. (laughs) I don't think there's been a day that has gone past we both don't send each other a voice note about money that day. Like, especially recently with lockdown and the pandemic and, um, like, just worrying about business in general. Like, we talk about it every day. And we both have such um, a... I found recently, just through talking to Natalie, a very interesting relationship with money in the sense that because of our backgrounds and coming because of coming from working class backgrounds and parents who don't have a lot of money, we have a very we're kind of trying to unlearn a lot about the way we feel about money, aren't we, Natalie? So this is why we wanted to do this episode with you, B, because it's something we're still trying to like navigate ourselves and separate our emotions from like the reality of like it doesn't matter if you have loads of money or if you do have loads of money and the relationships you have with your friends and your partners and I just think it's fascinating. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's interesting you bring up, you know, relationships with with friends and partners and all of that sort of stuff. Like, we fully accept now that the way we view relationships and um, that sort of thing, it comes from, you know, how we were raised or our life, the the things that happened during our lives. It's how we now deal with uh, relationships or the way that we are as people. Um, But we don't really accept the same thing about money, whereas if we were you know, comfortable saying, oh, well, I, I think about money this way because of this thing that happened or, and, and making it less about like, oh, I don't know, there's so many labels that get thrown around with money and like somebody is, make, is stingy or somebody is like X, Y, Z, whereas we don't really stigmatize personalities in, in a similar way, but it's all to do with potential trauma or just with the way that you were raised. It's it's so personal to each each person and it's something that you really, it's, well, it's a long road to, to unlearning or to learning and then unlearning. Yep. <laughs> Me and Vida's did the last episode. It was about um, our like updates on our dating life. And we both talked about how, um, well, I specifically have had to overcome very recently um, and have like serious conversations about money because um, I'm currently seeing someone that, has more money than well comes from more money than I do and and I'm my background is like super working class there is like no money (laughs) at all and so it's like in the last episode we talked about how like I am understanding that you can be a bad person or a good person like regardless of how much money you have and maybe I tied like people who worked hard to like the working class and it's like undoing all of this stuff and then every time I get like I do get really anxious every time I get like a letter from tax even though I know I'm like fine every time I get that letter that brown letter I like have heart palpitations like oh my god oh my god oh my god um it's so stressful um 
And I know even people like Will Smith has talked about when you're raised in that stressful environment, you can even be making tons of money and that that like fear of survival um, kind of can never leave you. Um, I know that I get, like I said, like super anxious when I get that letter. And um, I know that the way that I handle money is so influenced by how my parents handle money, which is like, put your head in the sand. Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> um, why do you think it's so um, emotional? And like, how can people start working through that? Do you think it is like awareness with yourself? It's it's so tough. I mean, why is it emotional? I, I guess because, you know, we live in a we live in a society that values money above a lot of other things. Um, so automatically you know people are given more value you see people be valued higher or valued lower based on their you know financial contributions which is horrendous um and so money I mean money makes the world go around that's what everyone says right and money influences like every part of your life so it's emotional because if you don't have enough money it influences uh, or it can influence housing, education, welfare, health, like everything. Um, and so obviously, you know, if I was living in an ideal world, my, my solution to that would be moving away from a capitalist society um, for on a more practical basis. Um, I would say, yeah, it's about learning what your relationship is with money first. So it's about sitting down with yourself and being honest and, and talking to people about you know what it was like how how your family handled money when you were younger and thinking like was there something there that maybe has influenced the way that I am now um so whether you're an overspender or an underspender like anything like that or if you are stressed when you get letters from the bank thinking about why that might be and is it just because maybe you don't understand what the letters mean or is it because you always saw your parents get stressed when they when they saw letters coming in you know um and you sort of have to uh, Think about it in the same way that you would about your mental health and about ways that you deal with things through your mental health, the way you would unpick it if you were thinking, oh, yes, I remember like this thing happened. And then so maybe I got stressed about this. It's exactly the same thing with money, really. So it's about working through those the things that you have, the like blocks in your mind. Um, and then I guess, yeah, starting to to learn and talk about money and I think that's actually a really important thing literally even just sitting here and talking about it like this is important and to talk about Mm. it with your friends and your family and talk about how you view money and how you value money because I always think like money's got two different values it's got the actual value of like fiver which you know it can buy x amount of things but then the value of it to you emotionally that fiver is going to be different for every single person and if you just sit down with yourself and think why that is and what that relationship you have with it I think it can be really valuable yeah that's a really interesting takeaway there I'd never thought of it like that in terms of the way that I value money as an individual instead of the actual value of money and what I can buy with it um but I think like and looking back on and this is something Natalie's been talking to me about quite recently which has made me think a lot because I'm someone who just pushes everything under the carpet and I ignore it and get on with my feelings and like you said put your head in the sand and recently like I've noticed that my relationship with money in terms of the way I my family are at the moment is very interesting because my family are definitely like believers and just like just think oh money will come eventually like you'll never you won't be like do you know what I mean they have that kind of attitude and they're always playing the lottery they're always like on their phones on gambling apps and and I just in my head that makes me think now I'm unpicking it I'm I'm constantly like seeking money because I don't want them to have to live that way for the rest of their lives so that's how I've noticed I value money at the moment no absolutely and that's as I say and and the way that somebody else might have dealt with that would be in a completely different way and it's completely yeah individual like it's kind of interesting because when I was sitting down and unpicking stuff because we had our first episode which was all about relationships with money and and 
trying to really sit down obviously I had to do a lot of thinking for that bit um and while I am middle class my family is middle class um but when I was growing up um we went through quite a long patch of financial instability and um kind of long-term unemployment and while it wasn't a case of kind of I never had to worry about a roof in my head or food on the table so very fortunate in that sense and it's all relative um I did always when I was younger you know I didn't have the things that I saw other people having I never had new clothes it was always the hand-me-downs um and money had a greater value in that sense then when I was growing up even versus my siblings probably um and so now I worry about money a lot more like I'm very I'm I don't part with money easily, basically. And I hate spending money. I absolutely hate it. It's my least favorite thing. Cause I'm like, I should just keep on to it just in case. And I very mm. much got that sort of little squirreling mentality of like, well, I'll just put it away, put it away, put it away, put it into savings. And then I'll always have it. Um, yeah. So my big thing is I can't, you know, I get, get huge amounts of guilt, even if I'm buying something that I know I need. Um, I but, have that. Yeah. I have that. I have like even just getting a haircut like I get a haircut like once a year the stuff that's like not necessity like me and Venus got our nails done recently and I was like oh <laughs> like no I need this like I've been talking about doing this for so long like just mm-hmm. enjoy it it's I'm definitely that like I resonate with that um yeah and something like that would have been such a nice like it's a treat it's important and then it, you've got time to talk and you've got bonding time and you've got you know social interactions and all of that sort of stuff stuff which just comes from you that you st- you've got to put the money into to do that but to treat yourself and and to realize that you are allowed to spend money on yourself um and not just on things that are necessities mm. yeah. yeah so important do you think that since the podcast, because it came out in early this year before before the pandemic, do you have any additional thoughts or um, has has anything changed um, regarding money since the pandemic? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's in- interesting timing really, wasn't it? It was fully like two months before and most the bulk of it re- was recorded last year even. So it it felt very, um, there's a lot of stuff now when I'm looking back and, and it sounds strange. The one thing that I really had to like, I didn't think I would have to confront this so soon was um, throughout all of the episodes, I'm always saying that you know um, oh it's so important to remember when it comes to investments or savings or all of this sort of stuff it's about long term and you know don't worry about it in the short term don't worry about things that happen in the short term because it's about riding a long wave and then obviously you know I like do all my good stuff I was like yes I've got a pension woohoo then the pandemic hits and I've been getting letters being like you've lost all this money from your pension and I've really had to confront the fact that I'm like yes but remember it's long term it's long term it's long term oh no um but it's all good <laughs> it's all fine um I think I think it the, the it's just highlighted even more all of the stuff that I was saying on the more emotional side of things um that money is is important the difference between you know somebody who can have a very happy um happy comfortable lockdown and not like it it affects everything and the problem is is the pandemic only highlighted it I don't think it create well obviously it worsened a lot of problems but it didn't create problems you know when it comes to to rent and and unstable work hours and and all of this sort of stuff Mm. all of that stuff was still there and the people affected were talking about it um, I don't think people noticed until the pandemic hit and it kind of got worse. And yeah, it really has has highlighted, I think, a lot of things about our society. Whether people listen or not, that's a that's a different topic. But <laughs> mm. what is the what would you say um, is the most frequently asked question regarding money? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Just in general or to me? <laughs> Both. Well, to you, what about to, how about to you? Like, you know, listening to people listen to your podcast, what is then like the most frequently asked thing mm. that people still don't feel like they have an answer to? I feel like people still... Savings is always seems to be the like number one thing that people struggle with always. Um, and you often see on Twitter kind of like 
financial savings tips floating about and it's always like save if if you don't spend this much money you'll have saved this much after three months and everyone's like yes but who has that much money to save mm-hmm. and it's always based on like the amounts you should be saving and, and how much you're going to get in the end rather than I think the actual concept of saving and I think people don't really understand you know why they understand why it's a good thing but I think people just struggle with the the emotional thing of, of putting it away and, and, mm-hmm. and not touching it um I mean generally people work is another thing like rates and asking for pay rises and talking about money at work which is considered to be uncouth and not professional um Mm. and I think that's definitely an important thing to start changing is talking about money with colleagues because you're never gonna know if you're being underpaid if you don't talk to them you may think you're getting a fair rate I agree. I've been saying this from day dot. Like, even before I was on Instagram, like, everything. I would, I was always the person who was asking everybody in the office what were they getting paid and would they share it with me. And people would look at me funny and tell me to bugger off. And I was like, but I don't know if I'm being paid fairly or not. And we're doing exactly the same work. And nine times out of ten, I was being underpaid because I'd find out. And I was... I just... I totally agree with you. The conversation around open and honest conversations around what you're being paid in the workplace against other people is so key and vital um and it i yeah it just needs to change and Mm. i hope it does i hope so too and i have heard like horrible stories um that companies um basically tell people with like a like a like a wink and a nudge like that they're not allowed to and if they will they get fired like i've even heard about that and I would suggest that if you have, like, I know it's, like, a ridiculous thing to say, but who, who like, don't work for someone like that because they clearly mm. will be underpaid, like, paying people differently and unfairly. Um, yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's a conversation that we need to get more comfortable with. I've seen a few, like, Instagram things that I'll, like, leave in the description of people anonymously sharing um, how much they're being paid for different freelance jobs, um, I think there's one, uh, like an influencer one specifically that I, I always follow. And um, so I think across the board, whether you're freelancing um, or within like an office environment, I think we definitely need yeah. to get comfortable talking about money. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And I think, I'm not even... Uh, Go on. Uh, so I was going to say, like, um, it, asking people about amounts of money I think it's important across loads of different things like even to do with when you're renting asking people what they pay in rent for what they're getting because it's so easy to be ripped off and it's so easy to to to, because you don't realize it and if you've never rented before if you don't know how much stuff should be worth it, it can be so so easy to talk yeah so you have to ask them what they're paying for rent ask them what they're paying for their electricity like how much do you pay for your internet it's just all of those tiny things and getting used Mm. to asking it as well why do you think that we're not really and this is something that has always bothered me and probably bothers the majority of people living on this planet but why are we not taught better education in schools when it comes to money in terms of like what taxes are and what national insurance is and starting a business or a mortgage like all the key vital things that we are having to contribute to society but we don't understand it from the moment we leave school like why does that not exist I really I don't know I truly don't know I mean and at the same time you could say there are so many things that I don't understand why we're not taught properly at school um but financial literacy especially and Mm. I remember I did do in maths I did something about like interest I remember learning about compound interest but not related to you know savings and banking or whatever it was just related to I think percentages I mean again I've said I I was always terrible at maths I didn't I wasn't really paying much attention but I remember learning about compound interest and hating it (laughs) and not understanding what was going on um but I just don't know and I feel like maybe maybe people worry that if you talk to kids about it they're gonna turn off and then be more traumatized by it because they hated school and so they link it to that or 
But I feel like that's too much of a good faith reading into it. I think they just don't want to. I, I have a little theory. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, I just think that um, it's another tactic to keep people where they are, to keep people, the working class, where they are. And then the people who have financial literacy and all the people that I know um, are good at saving and all the people that I know knew how to, um, like get a loan and and knew knew about putting money aside for their pension um are all the people that they had these conversations because they come from wealthy families so that their grandparents and their parents were talking about that at the dinner table like every time you get a check make sure you put a percentage away for your future um and whereas like that's not a thing that happened in our household um and maybe it's a thing like sex and periods where especially in British society, we're like, we'll leave that so that you can, parents can have those conversations at home. And that strategy just keeps people exactly where they are, like poor people staying where, having no money and um, falling for, you know, ridiculous rents and, and thinking that that's normal. And then people that are already good with money are stay good with money because it, pass it's like passed down through generations that's my like theory um yeah we were saying this the other day weren't we natalie that well i was i said to you in a voice not when i got really but i was wondering i got really frustrated about money last week um and i was saying like it just seems like if you're if you're in this if you're already in a place where you've been brought up to not really understand money and been in working class or not come from a lot of money, it's very hard to get yourself out of that situation and up to the next like tier of earning a good wage or owning your own business because it's so difficult to understand it all and break out of it. Yeah. You said that on no, the podcast, actually. <laughs> oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I think absolutely. I think that it's, the, those basic lessons, as you were saying, Natalie, like about why you need to start a mortgage or how to even start a mortgage and, oh, you put a percentage of this away and this is what you do. And even the concept, you know, people who had their parents would take them to open a savings account when they were younger, like even something like that. Like there are a lot of people who they'll get to a certain age and never have like had a bank account and have to do it themselves from scratch. Um, and it definitely gets passed down. And then I feel like in the same way that sex and relationships and, and periods and that sort of thing those things as you say they get left to uh you know the parents um what happens as well is that the perhaps the the tips get passed down but also the potential trauma gets passed down too so it you the know it, it is a generational thing and it gets passed down and passed down and passed down if you don't have um you know uh objective advice um, although it will, ne- I mean, objectivity will never properly exist, but as in not with that generational baggage that comes mm. with it, mm. then how how are you even supposed to begin? Like it's it's so much harder. And I think this is something actually about financial literacy and about learning about finances and edu- and like educating. It's a much harder road if you are somebody who is from that background and who hasn't had that support from when they were young like it's it's going to be 10 times harder always and that's not fair that yeah. while there are certain people who you know it's always going to be tricky because a lot we never learn about the jargon but it's you're starting from a, a you're closer to the finish line if you were from a family who were able to talk about that because of whatever reason um and you have a head start and that's just mm. yeah well we're, we're starting a course which we're hoping is going to help us aren't we natalie we're breaking out um, we are gonna break out we've got we're Let's starting a course line. yeah so we're starting a course on monday with um oh, i can't pronounce her last name so i'm really sorry if i get it wrong but sarah aquism i think that's her last name and she's basically brought a book out called the money is coming and she runs a course um twice a year um called money and manifesting school and we are doing it on monday aren't we natalie yep. we are we've paid we're, we're ready we we're signed up into our future <laughs> we are investing into our future so we're hoping to have some more answers um after doing this course i've heard amazing things Me a too. couple of my other friends have done it our friends have done it and they h- highly rate it so 
yeah we are it is it's got to a point now where me and natalie have both sat there and said what else can we do so it's now we are investing in ourselves and we're investing in learning and gaining better knowledge around money because we weren't taught it growing up so yeah and it's great that those resources are there yeah and your podcast is an excellent resource and i have to say like like anything with money just immediately like get mm. like makes me tense my shoulders it makes my like stomach drop and I've listened to quite a few podcasts about money um but your podcast maybe it's because I know you but also <laughs> you have this just down-to-earth voice that it does just <laughs> sound because you're not coming at it from an expert point of view I can listen to that and not feel um like I just feel like I'm I'm going along with you for the ride rather than just sat listening like sat feeling anxious so yeah um your podcast is an excellent resource thank Um, you so much that's so nice to hear genuinely that does make me feel that is exactly what I was trying to do um (laughs) and there was definitely a lot you know before I put it out I was so anxious um just because you know as I said everyone has a different relationship with money and as somebody who was is from a middle class background I was so terrified that I was like I don't want to be coming across in a certain way or like feeling like I'm speaking for people um but you know it's everyone's got a a journey to to go on basically and I think I mean I don't understand any of it but I do now obviously because I've learned about it (laughs) but I've still got things to learn there's you know it was only 101 I've still got a lot more to to understand Mm. Well, we all start from somewhere and, and I think you did a great job at, at kind of going through a lot of things that um, are going to... Because for me, money means freedom. It means like just being able to live my life the way that I want to do it and create a life that I love and, and I'm proud of. And um, I think I've learned how to save a little bit for the first time ever in my whole life and um I think resources like this are an excellent way to just start learning um because schools do really let us down in that way um so yeah Mm. and I also feel like it's it's I keep saying talking about journeys and races and finish lines and stuff but it's not about getting to the finish line and it's not about the final destination it's not about that it's it's the small things the small changes like it even if you just begin with a tiny little change that is something and I feel like that's the that's the same for everything that's the same for mental health that's the same for like whatever it is a tiny little thing so even just sitting down as I've said and talk and thinking about how you feel about money and why you might feel that way for five minutes Mm. that's like it's just about what you can do and I think that's always what I found frustrating about financial tips when it was it would never it would always be very prescriptive and like this amount has to be going here and this amount this amount this amount rather than just being like it's about what you can do Mm, and actually if you don't have enough money left over after rent and bills to save then that is okay because Mm. I mean it's not okay in the sense that society that shouldn't be happening but um it's okay and you shouldn't be made to feel bad and like you're bad with money because the odds are stacked against you and you actually physically can't do that um it's just about the tiny things that you can do basically and building it up I'm gonna throw a question in and it's not on the on the sheet we sent you questions (laughs) but I've only just thought of it and it is something that I think is important especially considering we all use social media um and it's something that's affected the way I view myself and my earnings and my situation in terms of where I am at with my money and my savings and the possessions I own um do you think that social media has a really big impact on our generation in terms of what we're earning and how well we're doing a hundred percent I think yeah social media it's got a lot to answer for hasn't it um I think that as you say the possessions thing and the kind of appearance of wealth Mm -hmm. is something that social media really wants us to buy into um pardon the pun so a lot of people on social media are peddling a lifestyle 
um, and making you feel like you are failing if you're not doing that lifestyle and making you feel like you are not succeeding. Um, whereas a lot of those lifestyles are actually kind of transparent and it's not really what's happening. Mm-hmm. As we know with social media in general, it's not real life and it's not really the, the truth a lot of the time. Um, and I know so many people who struggle with social media when it comes to their finances because, you know, e- even just down to FOMO, like you feel like you need to be going out, obviously not so much anymore, but you used to feel like you need to be going out and spending lots of money, going to nice dinners and brunches and getting cocktails and getting this and getting that and spending lots of money to keep up with your friends mm-hmm. and to look like you also have that fun lifestyle. Um, yeah. And I think especially for younger people, it's just getting more and more problematic getting in worse. Sense. yeah it's definitely getting worse and worse mm-hmm. and I only bring it up because um and this is something me and Natalie always remind ourselves of is the before Natalie knew me and we became friends she thought I came from a very wealthy background and I was really well off because of how she perceived me on social media and when she met me we were we are we come from very similar backgrounds we're in very similar situations financially but I always I always bring it up because I just it just makes me think that it's just really upsetting that we put people on these like pedestals of what we think they're earning and we put ourselves down because of it and then we get mental health issues and it's just really it's a really sad thing and I I really wish people were more transparent on social media in terms of like their finances and their situation and it's just I really it's one thing I wish that would change with it all yeah I, w- mm. I remember being at a pub once and um and I started just speaking to this guy who said that his ex was an influencer and he said the name and I didn't know who it was but um he said how um he couldn't afford anything yet he would constantly take him out for like brunches because they would be given to him what like gifted things um but yet he didn't couldn't like afford anything never had any money um and yet on his instagram he said that he was like living this double life which is like i have Mm. to look like i'm making money to make money yet um in their relationship you know they never could do anything (laughs) unless it was like hey do you want a free haircut i think that was the joke that this guy said it was like that's all i got was like free haircuts and like gifted items um and so yeah i think you did t- talk about it a bit on the podcast and I was like, oh, I never even thought about, um, like, I guess because social media for me has been like a bit of an older thing. I can so imagine if I was younger being really influenced by that. Um, whereas mm. like I already have kind of my style, I kind of like minimal, like min- min- minimal living kind of anyway. Um, and then kind of influencer kind of culture, I guess, like started, um, so that's so interesting to think about the impacts of like what we're what we're consuming online um mm. and yeah it's so interesting because we are all freelancers i think you're a freelancer b i feel like i'm not actually you talk- anymore you're not i'm not well i know this is <laughs> congratulations i feel like a fraud on the podcast i'm going on about being a freelancer but no longer but oh, i have wow. been you have been so i wanted to also ask um about you know that we have a lot of freelancers that also listen to the podcast um when it comes to money and freelancing being so kind of up in the air do you have any advice um I know that there's a lot more push now for people to aspire to be freelancers um so any advice would be wonderful (laughs) if you have any Uh, yeah I think um if if there are people who are yeah considering going freelance because I definitely think it's becoming more and more an appealing thing um for people my age and, and around kind of my age of age group I think having a realistic conversation with someone that you know who is a freelancer if you're thinking about it um is very important I think if you know someone who's a freelancer and you're planning on going freelance even if it's not in the same obviously ideally in the same field but even if not I think have an open and honest conversation with them about the realities of it because I think it can often be painted as something that's you know free yourself and you can make 10 times more money and blah 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 and there are things you've got to consider for example like for me I struggled freelancing um, just because my particular industry I struggled with it I never really knew where to get those contacts to get 
the, the to get the jobs. Um, as someone who wasn't good with money when I started freelancing, I was bad at you know my taxes and about keeping track of everything, and that really stressed me out. But I think advice for people who are currently freelancers, um, going back to the 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 rates thing and and asking around, I think that's really vital. I think setting learning how to set your rate and learning how to be firm with it is very important and that's to do with like valuing your skills and valuing your work but learning how to explain that to somebody is vitally important because I would often you know tell somebody my rate and then if they were like well we don't really I would just crumble but oh okay fine yeah 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 sure you can't afford it it's fine so I'll, I'll take less rather than explaining well actually no it's this much because Mm-hmm. This is how much it is on average. This is how much, uh, how many hours it takes me to do this thing. This is how long I've been studying to do this thing. Like whatever it is, I think that's probably a very important thing, um, and that's just as much about learning what the average rate for your industry is as it is about, you know, sitting down with yourself and and really believing in your time, your skills, and valuing all of that, and what you can bring to whoever it is who wants to pay you to do that work. I think that's very important. Um, and then it, like I know a lot of freelancers who have accountants and who swear by it and who like if they have if you've got a little bit like extra money that you think you can put towards that um, they say that it makes their life a lot easier because they don't have to worry about it um, obviously that's something that you can only do if you've got that extra money um, which again is kind of that's a privilege in itself but that's definitely I never had an accountant but that's something that I heard from a lot of people who are friends of mine or people who I know, they they found it very beneficial. I don't have an accountant and I've been mm. fine. Yeah, exactly. I don't have one either. <laughs> I've just like learned to do it myself. I just, I was like, I can't figure this out because I can't afford anyone else to do it for me. So I've just sat and learned how to do all my taxes myself. And Yeah, it's not that hard. Like maybe no. we could do like a little thing on it, but I have, I guess because I've got like quite a few big jobs and then etsy so etsy's helps because they do like everything's tracked basically um online and just keeping everything i don't have like tons of receipts receipts. yeah so i just keep Mm -hmm. getting into the habit of doing it every month and i think learning what you can um not expense that's not the right word is that the right word yeah yeah learning what you can expense yeah that's so important because you can expense a lot yeah yeah a lot that you may not feel like you can but you can (laughs) yeah exactly like whether it's business meals like having to rent an airbnb to go to your work like we've done that quite a lot in the past haven't we natalie yeah because we've had Um, work stuff in london and we don't live in london we don't live in london someone told us we could do it and i checked it i was like oh my god yeah we were like (laughs) what we can do this (laughs) Um, phone bill if you're doing lots of stuff online Mm. yeah like so many things yeah. Um, but it that again, this is just all things you're not taught, and we just have to help each other out where we can, and and just double check everything. Know. Like when it comes yeah. to taxes, I never, I always double check everything because I, you know, just I have a lot of fear, <laughs> so I'm like, I just want to make sure that I'm in the green, mm. you know, like I'm not doing anything yeah. <laughs> too cheeky. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Right, well, we've got a quick fire round for you, B, and I really want to do this because there's some there's some questions on here that I really want to know the answer to. So, um, when we say quick fire, we don't mean like answer it quickly. Like <laughs> this is just like questions we are intrigued to know the answers to. So, if you don't want to, if you don't know the answer, or don't want to answer, that's fine as well. Or if you want to expand, um, um, yeah, feel free to do so. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So the first one is, what is the stock market? <laughs> I, I yeah I asked this question in the podcast in one of my interviews it made it into the trailer and then it's become a big joke within people oh, really? that I know people keep saying oh, have you figured out what the stock market is yet because <laughs> um, yep, I, I never really understood so um, let me try and remember this it's been a while so the stock market is in my mind just a concept um, I mean it's not really real in that sense um and the stock market is basically just like um what things are traded for it's stocks and shares it's how yeah. much pre- it's like a catalog in the sky of how much a stock is and how much a share is and and it gets traded in a stock exchange place 
So there's a stock exchange in London where people get together and they is this again, get like together. The whole time. They're like throwing their papers <laughs> yeah. in there and shouting each other. Yes, and saying bye bye sell. Um, so yeah, the stock market would be like how, how much uh, you know stocks in Apple are going for, and they go up and they go down, and you buy them and you sell them and. I feel like this is something I'm never going to get the grip of. Like I, I just one day, I just, one day. I just don't. I don't. But I don't think I even want to know. Like you I don't. don't think I want to know. I want to invest one day. I think that would be. Can you imagine me investing? But I feel like no one's safe. I feel like nothing is safe anymore. Especially after what I've just seen this year. I'm like anything can just disappear at any moment and then hey, your money's gone people i'm being very made i know money in this yeah. pandemic look at zoom the shares yep. in zoom people made yeah. money like people, people made money in the recession like rich people make money yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay well anyway next one <laughs> what is the best account for savings um <laughs> I feel like I might I think I might skip this one okay. only because I, I want to always be very clear as I'm not a financial advisor okay. I don't want to give people advice in that oh, that's sense. a good that's good yeah no that's save, um, save your back on that one <laughs> you could, we could always all insert say it shop later around. if you think of something later yeah. look around look at all the different banks that's okay. what I will you- say next question how much of my income should I be saving? Uh, so my answer to that will be, it completely differs from person to person. It's so, <laughs> so useful. Um, I feel like a lot of people have different formulas of like the percentage you should be putting away. I don't think that that works. I think it's an individual preference. And mm. I think um, it's however much you feel comfortable with depending on your outgoings so if you want to get into saving and it's something you've never done before um you just have to sit down have a little look at your outgoings your like necessary outgoings so your rent your bills um a little bit extra aside for you know emergency things that might happen healthcare prescriptions all of that sort of thing and then take a look at how much you have left but don't put all of that into savings because you do have to have fun like mm. <laughs> financial st- literacy is all well and good but I feel like a lot of the time the fun part is missing and Natalie <laughs> looking at you <laughs> she's the worst text. one she yeah. saves and does nothing at the well she's changed she's changed woman I got my nails after done after lockdown she would never would have she never, never done does. That. She she just works weekends. She doesn't have fun. I don't anymore. I've changed. But now you are changing. You're getting yeah. better at it. You do need to enjoy. I have a fun your life. side now. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, no, not I'm a fun exactly side, but like you work, 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 yeah. and you don't know when to give yourself a break. Mm. But you are getting better at it because yeah. I do moan at you far too much. <laughs> I've taken the last few weekends off and I've done fun Good. things. And the first week, two weekends, I would like spend money and I'd be like what am I doing? My future! Honestly. Um, but it's, it makes me work harder in the week because I know I've got stuff to look forward to, which in turn has made me more money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you, you've got to enjoy the, the fruits of your labour, you know. Mm-hmm. It's important. Exactly. Give yourself yeah. a break. I like to make treat yourself from the fruits of my labour. <laughs> Keep it in a jar. <laughs> Put it away. <laughs> put it in a tight sealed up jar um no i'm I'm Um, exactly the same so what okay next uh, do you make this the last one we'll make this the last one um what is your number one money advice tip (laughs) number one oh gosh or you can it doesn't have to be one it could be like your top three or whatever um okay my number one would be to read the things that you get that are like the money related things that you get so that's so broad so whether that be your like your bank statement look at your bank statement and familiarize yourself with the bits Mm. um on it what they mean look at your uh pay slips if you get those familiarize yourself with what should be on there uh because i know so many people who after the podcast they listened to us being like read your pay slips and they came back and they were like oh it turns out i was on an emergency tax bracket and i had no idea and it's all sorted now and I've got money back. So you don't know until you look. Yeah. Um, and you could be paying for something that you, I don't know, you 
bought like years ago like an old Netflix account or you're like you're still paying for it like I did that when I actually oh (laughs) (laughs) just just remembered I haven't cancelled my gym membership (laughs) oh I mean it's only 30 pounds but still that's one thing I mean my list that is so funny (laughs) just there you go like you could still be paying for things you could still be paying for your gym didn't realize you hadn't cancelled yet Mm -hmm. good advice um, so that would be that would be one. Um, uh, another one would be to I mean I've said it so many times, but have a conversation with yourself about your relationship with money. Uh, that mm. would I, I think that would be my number one, the biggest one, because that's something yeah. you can do without understanding financial concepts, which is you know the very difficult part. Um, so have a conversation with yourself about why is it that I am this certain way about money and be honest with yourself um that would be very very good and I think lockdown is a good time to do that uh and then my third bit of advice would be to not put pressure on yourself and not feel guilty about what you are or are not doing um it is a personal thing I'll just say it again it's an individual thing everyone has different uh struggles everyone's got different trauma everyone's got different uh, ways that they approach money um and it's not one size fits all and we've got to stop judging ourselves for the way that we are with our finances and feeling like we are bad with money it's not about bad and good it's just about like maybe improvement with ourselves and it's really got to be a more like holistic <laughs> emotional uh, approach rather than uh, a, a kind of cold clinical financial mm. approach I think I feel very strongly about that um, and I think yeah we just need to stop and stop stop taking advice from you know random threads on Twitter sometimes they can be helpful but not always <laughs> mm. wow I think that's a wonderful beautiful note to end it on thank you so much yeah. for being such a wonderful guest do you have anything coming up soon that you want to promote or anything you're excited for or anything we should be um keeping up to date with on the socials um no i i I don't have anything at the moment um i would say just gosh oh i hadn't even thought about how to (laughs) anything on broccoli that's um that we Um, should listen to yeah we've just launched our final series of anthems which is a collection of poems spoken word um stories pieces from from 31 people um each series and um this series that's just finished it's gonna be the last one of 2020 and it's 31 black uk voices talking about things that are important to them um and things that are super interesting and yeah it's a really nice little series each episode is kind of around 10 minutes or under 10 minutes long so you can listen to it in the morning and with your coffee and start the day kind of refreshed and inspired oh wonderful yeah where where can people find you on instagram as well b what's your handle so i'm at b duncan b-e-a duncan um on on instagram and b duncan underscore on twitter amazing and everyone should go check out the money 101 podcast on bbc sounds it is amazing insightful informative and you don't want to miss it (laughs) thanks b and everybody has a wonderful day and we'll see you back for the tlt podcast next week see you next tuesday see you next tuesday Bye. bye